Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Listeners, and welcome to Open Channel, a Star Trek community podcast. I'm your host, Christopher D. Littlefield, and back with me is Suzanne Williamson, who co-hosts The Janeway and Boldly Go. Suzanne, what's up? Not much. Day after Christmas. Yay, Boxing Day. It is, yeah. We're recording the day after. I'm so glad that you could come on this week because you had to cancel a few weeks ago, and and we had an opening unexpectedly. I'm very happy because it has been a very, very long time. It has been a long time, but yet we haven't had a single week without brand new Star Trek since. So that is true. (laughs) It kind of just feels like it's all rolled into one big, long season. Yes. Well, it's so good to have you on. So thanks for coming. Well, thank you for asking me. I was really upset that I couldn't make it last time. Nah. Well, actually, Allie Black was going to come on this episode, but she had to pull out at the last minute. So I held, I told her she could come back on for the season one, three retrospective afterwards. Sweet. So it all worked out just great. Awesome. And of course, today we're reading and discussing your comments on Sukal, the 11th episode of Discovery Season 3. And you all know that this show is dedicated to facilitating the fan conversation about all new Trek as it drops, and other topics that we decide to talk about. If you want to join the conversation on Facebook, you can type the Nexus into the search field and join Holosuite Media's listeners group, and you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Open Channel Trek. You know the drill. I'll post an Open Channel conversation thread when each new episode drops, and you can leave your comments and talk amongst yourselves, and then they just <laughs> might get read on the air. And if they're too long, I may edit your comments down. That's that. There you go. Keep it short, people. Keep it short. I mean, I kind of don't mind. It just depends. It depends. Yeah. yeah. But let's see what everyone had to say, Suzanne. Okay. Guess we'll just dive right in with uh, Jim Stoffel. Wow, what a great episode. Culber, Saru, and Tilly were great in this. But damn it, not another cliffhanger. <laughs> Can't wait to see what happens next. I wish I could time jump seven days into the future to watch the next episode. There used to be a, a TV show where you could actually jump seven days into the past to fix something. There was? Yeah, it was called Seven Days. <laughs> I don't remember that show. It was really good. I love that show. It sounds show. fun. And it just made me think about that. <laughs> anyway, back to Jim's comment. I still think Vance is working with the Emerald Ring. I got a vibe that he's wa- he is by watching the preview. But I could be totally wrong. Really? I, I didn't get that. I didn't get that either. Now I'm intrigued. I have to go back and watch it with that in mind. Well, everybody keeps saying that they think Vance is hiding stuff, which I do believe is true. Well, but yeah, everybody hides stuff. Yeah, I but don't know. But that's a pretty big stuff. Yeah, I don't know. And I like, Jim, that you call it the Emerald Ring. It's so much more glamorous. Emerald <laughs> chains and, and the Emerald Bobble. <laughs> the Emerald Bangle. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. It's good to have you back on. Joshua DeVries says, this episode was a fascinating blend of Future Imperfect and The Storyteller, a child left alone on a barren world raised by holographic projections and a mysterious monster designed to teach someone to face their fears, but done so in a unique and intriguing way. 
I loved getting to see Tilly holding her own against Osira as well. Cannot wait for next week. So, Joshua, that's interesting. I I really like Future Imperfect. I didn't think of those two episodes with this one, and I can't remember which one the storyteller is. Do you? Neither no? can I. I was like, I, I recognize Future Imperfect. I was like, I, I know that one. <laughs> Future Imperfect, I know, because we got that's when we got the really cool communicator with yes. the little four things right yeah i love that um i'm going to look up the storyteller right now uh so bear with me i just googled it okay the storyteller is the 14th episode of the first season of the american syndicated science fiction television series star trek deep space nine set in the 24th century the series well we know what deep space nine is but what's the episode (laughs) about okay it is about O'Brien and Chief Medical Officer Dr. Bashir are sent on a relief mission to Bajor in response to a medical emergency. Meanwhile, on the station, Cisco plays mediator in a conflict between two rival Bajoran factions negotiating a border dispute. Hmm. Hmm. All right. I. That sounds like a good episode. I need to watch that. <laughs> I, I've seen it. I just can't remember it at the time. So or at the moment. So I. Cool. I, I like that, Joshua. That's some deep diving. Yeah. And I, I do have to agree with Joshua that getting to see Tilly hold her own against Osira was amazing. Okay. She was calling a bully out as a bully. Yeah. I We talked about this on What the Future Holds, which we recorded uh, the day that the episode dropped, and it'll come out mm-hmm. the day after this show comes out. And I really like that Tilly calls out Osira for her projection. Oh, because yes. I feel like a lot of people were doing that, like the the haters that were like, oh, Tilly can't do that. Tilly can't do that, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people were projecting their own insecurities onto this situation. So mm-hmm. I love that that she did that. And whenever Ford gets name dropped, I'm happy. Right. I know. <laughs> so real quick, though, Suzanne, you if I recall, you weren't a huge fan of Saru's decision when he originally <sighs> made it. So I... And I we I know we disagreed with you mm-hmm. on that episode because it was the one that Brandy came on to co-host. No, it was Liam. Oh, it was Liam. Yes, okay. Liam was trash talking me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you surprised? I mean, you kind of do. No, each he other, does right? that to my face, anyway. So it's it's all good. Um. So Liam, of course, co-hosts the Janeway with Suzanne. So where are you now with this journey with Tilly and Saru's decision? I still. I still feel that she isn't quite ready. She's almost there. She's not quite ready. Okay. But she's more ready than, let's say, Harry Kim would have been. (laughs) Well, yeah. Naomi was more ready than Harry Kim would have been. Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. But I think it was really messed up that her first time holding the ship on her own, she loses the ship. I know. That is messed up up it is you can say fuck okay um, it was messed the fuck up seriously <laughs> i i think yeah that is messed up but it wasn't really her fault and i think she'll get us out of it she has a plan but for the writer for the writers to do that come on <laughs> i know but i think it's funny that they, <laughs> that they made her lose the ship on her first time because you know that that's freaking her out <laughs> yes definitely well, I'm glad to hear that you've come around just a little bit and that you're seeing Tilly grow into the chair a little bit more. 
I've seen the light. <laughs> yes, awesome. <laughs> Paloma Bennett says, I feel like Michael Burnham is on a journey to become a great leader, maybe by the end of this season. I don't think Tilly is ready to be captain one day, but her hardships will help her form into an amazing one when she is ready in a couple of years. Yes, Paloma, yes. I agree. Yeah, I wouldn't give Tilly her own ship at the moment, but this is good for her. <laughs> yeah. She belongs in the chair. Everybody needs a chance to grow. Yeah. Don't you think she belongs in the chair, though? Like, when she sat down for the first time, I was just like, <sighs> I felt all the feels. Oh, what I felt was her trepidation. She's like, ah, and she immediately reached for the nub. Yes. Which was not in the place that I thought it was going to be. It was, where did you think it was going to be? I thought it was going to be sort of on the top. Oh. Not like, you know, who sits in a chair and grabs it by the sides like that? A nervous captain. <laughs> <laughs> it just looked very, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, our next comment is from Liam Smart himself. Um, <laughs> and Lady Liam says, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, Liam. You know I love you. Liam says, I'm sure there is going to be a better situation other than a tantrum from a Kelpian child with magical dilithium powers. Still a very unexpected cause. Got some real heroes and demons vibes through this episode. Suzanne, do you agree? And Liam is actually asking Suzanne. So I'm, I'm the mediator here. I guess much like Cisco was in the storyteller. So Liam is asking you, Suzanne, did you get a Heroes and Demons vibe? Which is, of course, a Voyager episode. I did not. Okay. At all. Liam, she doesn't agree. <laughs> in Heroes and Demons, we never got to see Grendel. That's right. We get to see the monster in this, which is pretty freaking cool. I was always disappointed in hearing Heroes and Demons that we didn't get to see the Grendel. I wanted to see Grendel. Me too. And Freya should not have died. Yeah, she was cool. She was. I mean, that was the Doc's girlfriend. His first girlfriend. What did she call him again? Schweitzer. Schweitzer. Oh, I loved her. Yes. Aww. Oh, now I'm sad. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. So, Liam, you're wrong. It's not heroes <laughs> and demons. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I guess the tantrum from the Kelpian child with magical dilithium powers. I, I mean... <laughs> Hugh says something about something must have happened to trigger him. So I'm mm -hmm. assuming that we don't have the full picture yet. That it's not a tantrum. It's absolute abject fear. Okay. I mean, that, that is what I got from him. And it had to be the only thing I can think of that came to my mind is when his mother died. Right. That's what I thought too. That would be like the trigger point that just makes him lose it and scream. And yeah. But th and then they techno babbled their way to explain cellular stuff and cells dividing in, in utero yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, so uh, I don't know. Interesting. It's all about the radiation. That's what made the Hulk the radiation. True. Yes. And many other superheroes. So he's Dilithium Hulk. J Deuce. Personal log. Oh gosh, there's Stardate. Stardate <laughs> 2020. One, two, point, two, four. It's time for the annual family gathering, but at least this time we can do it via holographic communication. But before this, it is time to meet the child. No, not the child that gained such popularity this time last year with another sci-fi program available on the House of the Mouse, 
go Grogu. <laughs> Sorry, that was me. <laughs> but this episode definitely raised questions of how did they suddenly change races and why did they change? It was obvious that there were humans in the various programs and Kelpians, but having the Bajoran was a good callback to the best of Trek of the 90s. I really don't know what to say, except that seeing Doug Jones as a human was great. Oh my God, I screamed. I When I saw him, I was like, Doug freaking Jones! It made me so happy. It made me so happy. I yeah. loved it. I know. He said, my heels are touching the ground. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Jay goes on. I don't recall anything else I've seen with him. Oh. I don't I'm know. Sure there's something. Sans makeup, I can't think of anything. Sans prosthetics. I'm sure there's something, but I, it's not coming to me. Uh. Also, can I time jump with Jim to next week's episode? Let's all time jump with Jim. I'm ready. <laughs> Computer and log. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jay. And yes, another child, but not that child. Grogu. I think that that's a really good thing to point out is that why did the program change the humans to other species? And why did yeah. they change the Kelpian to a human? It was weird. It's like, but there were humans in the program. And Kelpians. There, yeah, the old dude. I didn't see any Bajorans or Trills, though. <laughs> That's a question and concern for me. But I will also say, say that it was really, really cool. <laughs> it was really cool. It was. Yeah. Thanks, Jay. And we are actually going to move on to your questions and concerns now and see what you had to say on that end. Okay. Kirsty Keen. <laughs> I have to admit, of all the things I thought would cause the burn, this wasn't in my top 10. I did suspect the Kelpian ship had something to do with it, but I didn't see this coming at all. On the whole, I don't think this was the strongest episode of what's been an outstanding season of Trek, but the end game should be interesting. Hmm. I, I agree. I did not see the child thing coming. I... Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't think, oh, you know what it could be is a Kelpian who's somehow adapted their physiology because of radiation in utero, and then they freaked out and it caused the burn. <laughs> that wasn't in my top 100 ideas. I wasn't even expecting a child. Right. I mean, Saru noticed the things on her forehead. Why didn't he say something before? That's what I said on the other show. Like, why did he just, why did he not say something, yeah. you know? I mean, like, he clearly knew what was going on. He held it in. I guess mm -hmm. maybe it's another example of him already letting his emotions interfere. Yeah. Well, I mean, he saw Kelpians. It was like, my, my people, which I can understand that. Also looked and sounded a lot like his sister Serana because it was Hannah Spear, the same actor, <laughs> playing Dr. Issa. Issa. Yep. Yeah. All right. Karen Hui says, I really want to like the episode, but I just came away feeling underwhelmed. The collapse of the Federation caused by a scared child? I'm getting worried that the end of the season will fall short of its strong start. The performance of the disco crew fell far short as well. What? Karen? Uh, oh my nope. god. <laughs> I'm sure the writers will come up with their great redemptive moment in the final two episodes after getting a lot of keep people killed. <laughs> oh my I mean, gosh. Maybe. Who, yeah. who are they killing off? I don't know. I mean, hopefully, hopefully we'll see the end of Osira. Well, yeah. Before I forget, belated happy birthday and Merry Christmas, Christopher D. Littlefield. Thank you, Aww. Karen. 
That's very sweet of you. You are such a caring guy. I appreciate it. Oh, uh, thanks. Yes, it was my birthday last week. I turned 43 and it was Christmas. So Karen, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you too. And whenever your birthday is, I hope it's a happy one. Yes, definitely. Did you think that the disco crew fell short their performance? And was this an underwhelming episode for you? No. Okay. I really, really liked this episode. And I think that most of the crew went above and beyond. I thought so too. Especially with the change in leadership, how mm -hmm. quickly that happened and how they were thrust into a very difficult situation right away. Yes. Where some of the crew, some of the crew had to say goodbye. And mm -hmm. it's like, oh, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be back soon. And really, I feel like what happened with Osira and t with Tilly at the helm or with Tilly at the con mm -hmm. is is a more difficult situation than Saru has faced before. Yes. Right? Because he just... And even when he faced Osira before, it was Tilly that made the decision to send out Book's ship. Right. Twice. <laughs> yeah. Which, I have to say, I love his Go-Go Gadget ship. I, I just know. love oh, it so much. <laughs> oh, I'm... Oh, that's that's good. I love that. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> Oh, that's great, Suzanne. Well, the way it was just transforming all the time. I'm like, that is mm -hmm. freaking awesome. I want one of those. I do too. Daniel Huckfield says, hmm, this is a tough one. I just didn't like it. This episode <laughs> feels like the most season one, season two type episode this season. And it just didn't work for me. The fact that it appears the burn was caused in this way feels like a major letdown to me. It was great to see Doug Jones in the flesh. But why change a Kelpian to a human if you're meeting a Kelpian? Yeah, good point. The stuff back on Discovery was tr strange, too. The emerald chain beams on and no one fights back? Anyway, sounds like I hate it, but it is Trek, so it was great. Just not as great as this season has been, generally. Okay. I do agree. Why They beamed in and Daft Punk takes over Stamets. What was that about? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? They were totally the guys from Daft Punk. Oh my god! <laughs> so I was like, Why is Daft Punk on Discovery? Oh my god! Oh my god! They were. They totally were. And it reminded me of when he said, "What you want is What you want is irrelevant." Seven. I was like, "Oh my god, Borg! Is that Borg? Mm -hmm. Is that, that seven?" I immediately thought Borg. I'm like, "That's yes. why they have the Daft Punk helmets. They're hiding their Borg technology. They're hiding their Borgness. <laughs> Do not hide your Borgness, people." Embrace it. Be proud of your Borgness. Has Hugh taught you nothing? <laughs> May he rest. Not this Hugh, the other Hugh. Uh -huh. The other sexy yes. Hugh. Both of the Hughes are sexy. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, I like, Daniel, that you like are super, cr super critical of it, but then you're like, but it's Trek, so it was great. I loved it. <laughs> and that's how I always feel. Even if it's a shitty episode, I'm like, yeah, but it's Star Trek and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a new episode. It's wonderful. Yeah, I can say like as much as even as much hate as we all give. Um, these are the voyages mm -hmm. from Enterprise. Like it's still a Star Trek episode. So I'm like, I like watching yeah. it. Cause, yeah, because it's fun. No, it doesn't really work in, in many ways, but it's a Star Trek episode. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I hate Endgame from Voyager, I'll still watch it. So you you had mentioned that recently. And I didn't know that you weren't happy with 
how Voyager tied up. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. That made me so angry that I did not watch Enterprise when it first aired. Why? Because I spent seven years watching these people trying to get home, trying to get home. I didn't see them get home. I didn't see them reunited with their families. I didn't see anything. Oh, we were raw. We just got there and that was it. Yeah. It's like, uh. Oh, wow. That's a good point. Seven years of my life and that's what you give me? They wouldn't do that now if it was produced now. Like they show the consequences and the, the, the repercussions of everything now with Star Trek, I feel. Which would be nice because Voyager's reset button was used way too much. So much. But you know what I was thinking with your and Liam's most recent episode of the Janeway, (laughs) the writer's room one? (laughs) Like, if you guys haven't listened to it, it's the most recent episode of the Janeway. It's called Chelix. And I listened to it the other day. And I realized you guys totally Alex kurtzman Voyager (laughs) with your rewrite. Like... It was a lot darker, it was a lot more angsty, and there was a lot more, like, questionable things happening. And I was like, ooh, this is kind of fun. Like, I like this version (laughs) of Voyager. I am enjoying this version myself. Yeah, and it's a great name. Chelix is a great title. (laughs) Listeners, if you want to know who Chelix is, you're going to have to listen and find out, although it might be kind of obvious, but it's great. I enjoyed it. All right, thanks, Daniel. And, oh, I was going to actually mention that Daniel said, this episode feels like the most season one, season two type of episode this season. So that's an interesting thought. What is wrong with season two? I mean, what's wrong with season one? Like That's that's true, but everybody, season two yeah, has Pike. Has Hello. Right. And we get <laughs> Reno. So. Yes. Oh, my God. I love her. I guess I want to know more how it felt like a season one, season two type episode. That's because I mm-hmm. felt like this was one of the most furthest removed episodes from what we've seen so far. Yes. But, you know. And so much wonderful use of CGI. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. The kelp monster. Yeah. I could watch a a movie just with him, just the way he moves and everything. I know. On my second watch, I was like really paying really close attention. And they like worked on the ship graphics a lot more with this episode Mm -hmm. like we got a lot more detail with discovery itself yes and i thought that was gorgeous all right daniel thanks thanks for your thoughts and finally for our questions and concerns we have karen hasha on twitter who says well actually karen hasha commented on twitter and then (laughs) on facebook so (laughs) the first comment she says wait what i'm a little confused here when was sukal born a temper tantrum caused the burn? Why does the computer turn them into other species other than because it's fun? I need <laughs> next week's episode right now. So lots of questions. Sukal was born like 125 years earlier. Which is nuts. Which is That's nuts. Crazy. We don't I mean, they kind of skated over how they kept him alive that long and just mm-hmm. again techno babbled their way out of that. Radiation. Radiation, <laughs> nourishment, social interaction. Uh maybe they just you know, maybe without being interacting with other species and people and planets and ships, maybe one will live longer. Yes, less stress. Less stress, right. You have to deal with less assholes. Mm-hmm. You don't have to yell at people for not wearing a mask. Right, which I do often. 
<laughs> um, including my family. Uh, but that's another story. Then Karen replied later uh, on Facebook and said, now that I've had a moment to think about it, <laughs> the burn being caused by what is basically a holodeck malfunction might just be the most Star Trek thing that ever Star Trek. <laughs> that is beautiful. That's golden. That. That's great. The most Star Trek thing that ever Star trek I wonder if Rin sold them out to the Emerald Chain. I hope not. No way. No, don't break my heart like that. No. Oh, no. I will unfollow him on Twitter so fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, actually, speaking of Rin, uh, Brandy and Aaron Harvey just yes. did a show with, with him today. Their uh, Infinite Trek episode, which I guess will be released on uh, Tuesday mm. this week or something like that. So. yeah. I, I I did not catch it, but I will listen to it again and ask Brandy how it went. I know she was over the moon, over the moons of Andor for that episode. <laughs> I'm on a roll tonight. <laughs> okay. Well, those were some, I think those were some cool questions and concerns. I can, I can hear all of those. I feel all of those. I get that. But I also think since it's a two-parter, there's no way, like, They've got other things up their sleeve to kind of answer all these questions. They usually yes. do. They usually answer all the questions, you know. Maybe one dangling here or there to wrap up in another season. Yeah. Yes. Because they're immediately going into it. So yes. we're, I, I, I just like I would be OK with the Osiris thing, that ending and then moving on to another big, oh, my God, WTF situation. Yeah, I can get rid of the Wicked Witch of the yeah. East, West, whatever she mm -hmm. is. I don't know. One short day in the Emerald <laughs> City, in the Emerald Chain. <laughs> That's awesome. That's from Wicked, everybody. You're welcome. Yes, I love Wicked so much. All right, let's move on to a couple final thoughts. Nicholas Paul Collins and Dr. Nick. Who? Who? Do you know him? <laughs> uh, I think I've heard of him somewhere. <laughs> on some Hi, Nick. show. Some yes. Vedic type thing. Vedic Collinson. <laughs> Vedic's assemble. <laughs> I love that opening. <laughs> Y'all listen to the Vedic assembly. They're so fun. They are great. That's the DS9 show. He says, that was so freaky. I loved it. It was like some of the best spooky Doctor Who episodes. I loved that we saw a holodeck program showing a legit fantasy world for once. Really showing the potential of that technology. Hmm. I really like how Tilly is when she's in the captain's chair. She's really got the confident attitude down. Weird that the burn was caused by Sukal on his own. I think there might still be more to it than that. That was one of the best cliffhangers since Best of Both Worlds. That? Oh, wow. Dr. Collinson, that is some high praise. That is. I, wow. Whoa. That, well, Nick, you're so freaky. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I can agree with the cliffhanger statement. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that because it because it's so much more of a continuing storyline. So it doesn't mm -hmm. feel like a. It didn't really feel like a traditional to be continued Star Trek episode, even though it still was. And then wait three months, four months. Oh my god, that was the worst. <gasps> Uh, that was yeah. the worst. Now, Best of Both, Both Worlds is a great two-parter, but I will say that I'm very partial to Gambit. Okay. And I'm also very partial to, oh my God, why can't I remember the name 
of the lore and the Borg one when we see Hugh again and the deformed Borgs. Um, um, it's not Iborg. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Um, it was such a good one. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Descent. I Descent, yes. love Descent so much. That's pro- that's my favorite two-parter of TNG. Okay. Yeah, I really love it. I just have such fond memories of that time. I feel like that's a that's a really that part of TNG was like they were really in their stride when that mm-hmm. when those when that when those episodes aired. Yeah, they found their footing. They were embracing the characters. The writers were getting things right. Yeah, and combining the Borg idea with Lauren Data was mm-hmm. just seamless. Yeah. It was brilliant. Anyway, back to Discovery. Kez Chupless <laughs> on Twitter says, Ganglionic reaction gone nuclear. <laughs> <laughs> I buy it. They obviously have a neurological connection to their emotion already. Okay, this is this is scientific. Um, mm-hmm. What a visual feast. Like Grimm meets Terry Gilliam. So y'all look up Terry Gilliam. I had to look him up, but he directed The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, mm-hmm. was in Monty Python, mm-hmm. lots of other cool sci-fi weird movies and stuff. I think that's an interesting comparison, Kaz, Karen. I particularly loved how the eroded programs show the computer logic strings coming through. Flying fish. Gorgeous. What really strikes me about this episode is the TOS feel. Something else I did not get from that. Kirk, Bones, and Spock on the planet while Scotty is facing another threat on the ship. This was the most classic structure yet. I can't wait for the next two. Okay. Oh, that's cool, Karen. I That's cool. I didn't even see that. I, I can kind of get the, the TOS feel. I was more there in an Escher painting. Yeah. Like the stairs are going up and sideways and down. Yeah. Yeah, I just felt it was... Definitely an Escher painting. Totally. And I do, yeah, I can totally see that. Like something's happening on the surface. Mm-hmm. The away team is screwed because something crazy yeah. is happening on the ship and they can't get back to them. So it's, that's a very good observation, Karen. Yeah, that is. Especially with the Scotty facing the other threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of your comments for this week. So uh, Suzanne, what'd you think of everybody's thoughts? They brought out some good things. I, right. I really liked, you know, about um, Vance being, you know, involved with the Emerald Chain or perhaps Rin sold them out. Don't say these things. I don't want to think about that. No. It hurts me. <laughs> no. I I don't know. I think that uh, I, I feel like this episode wasn't enough. Like, I feel like we're hanging on a on a thread here and so Mm -hmm. it's it feels like it's hard to do an episode like this open channel episode Mm -hmm. when we're in the middle of the story and it's just like because this 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 episode had me on the edge of my seat the entire time yes like there was there wasn't really a time when i was just like chill and you know okay well this is just stuff going on i i was feeling adrenaline through mm-hmm. a lot of it, I'm like, chewing my nails. Come on. Yeah. Okay, let's get through this. And really, that started with them picking up at the memorial. I know. Yeah. I thought that was a really smart way to, to begin the yes. episode. And why did no one mention Stamets being the big space, space brother to Adira? I know. I mean, totally wanting to go off on Grey, who we can't even see. Right. But you right. Mean, 
better be glad that we're at a memorial service right, right now. You better bring I them home that. before. <laughs> I love that. I was like, yes. I know. And then, and with Hugh too, that they, they kind of come as a package deal, you know? Yes. And, and the then kiss. a deer running off uh-huh. to save <gasps> space brother-in-law. Yes. I was so glad that they beamed down. Yes. Yeah. That I, I, I was I very it. happy about that. And so Suzanne, you don't really get a chance to, to, uh, talk too much about discovery on a regular podcast because you do the other shows so where where are you kind of at with discovery season three what are you thinking about the journey thus far oh i'm still upset about losing the emperor oh okay so upset and there was no linus again this week so i'm like yes what's going on what happened linus yeah it was yeah, y'all brought it up last week that Linus wasn't at the memorial and that didn't make any sense. No, no, like, not at all. They had a special relationship, so he's gotta be hurting. He can't still be molting. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I hope not though. Ew. Yeah. Flakes everywhere. I hope we do get some more Linus. We've only got two I can't believe we only have two episodes left. I know, and hello, it's about time Gray came back because yeah. I love Ian Alexander. I know. And to have gone that long without seeing him? Come on, not fair. Too long. Yeah. Well, thanks again for joining me today. It's always fun having you. It was great to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. And um, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Uh, you can find me elsewhere on Hollow Sweet Media doing The Jane Way with my friend Liam. You can also find me doing Boldly Go, a Strange New Worlds podcast with my friend Brandy. And if you want to track me down on Twitter, I'm at either KJaneway8 or Sass. Speaking of which, I got a Star Trek Pride Delta in the mail right around my birthday. And it was like the highlight of my week. It was the <laughs> sweetest thing. It's so beautiful. Ever since you started showing those particular designs i Mm -hmm. have coveted one and so (laughs) i just want to say again publicly thank you so much for sending that to me you are very welcome i actually stole that design from you from one of your (laughs) t-shirts well you stole it technically i guess from star trek.com and whoever designed them (laughs) well yeah but i i saw you wearing it so you inspired that it's from my the Pride the Star Trek Pride tank top, one of them that mm-hmm. I have, I think, because you had asked yeah. about it. And then I also have the Vulcan hand salute. And so I'm, when we take our picture, that's this picture is going to have that in it. So um, you're awesome and so talented, and I love love your work. So y'all check Thank out you. the stained sass designs because they're beautiful and totally uh, good price. So it's good to see you, Suzanne. Thanks again. Thank you so much. You can join the Open Channel conversation on Twitter and Facebook by following us at Open Channel Trek and by joining our listeners group on Facebook by typing the Nexus into the search field. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at CD Littlefield. Keep an eye out for my Open Channel conversation threads on Facebook and Twitter, which I will post every Thursday right before each new Star Trek episode drops. Thanks for listening to Open Channel. Channel Open, standing by. This show is brought to you by Hollow Sweet Media.
Computer. List other available Holosuite media programs. Loading Holosuite preview program for The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. I did kind of like the idea that he had the armory to work in. That was like his main mm-hmm. his main workspace, I guess. I found that quite different and that excited me. I think they kind of moved away from that a little bit as the show went on. Yeah, as we went on. It definitely appeared more in the first season i think and maybe the second then it did the later ones did you ever become attached to malcolm as a character i wouldn't necessarily say attached but i always i enjoyed most of the the times that he was on screen and interacting with the rest of the crew for me i was i was more attached to trip so yeah yeah i guess i guess it makes sense that you and i are doing a podcast together <laughs> yeah <laughs> loading hollow suite preview program for there are four questions a star trek spotlight podcast that felt pretty cool and that's when I, I really really started connecting with star trek when i was actually here and on on the level of creator as opposed to fan so that was where i started getting it was like hey i could do this i remember writing <laughs> i sent this letter to him i wrote to um eric stillwell before i moved to, to los angeles and asked about the the rules for submitting the script and all that stuff and then i had this idea never heard back from him Loading Holosuite preview program for Ladies Trek Library, women with a passion for Star Trek books. One of the reasons I was excited to read this book was because it's called Uhura's Song. And we don't get a lot of books where Uhura is a main character. Um, and she was my favorite character from the original series. So I was excited to see a book about her. And I, and I like how, and I was thinking about the, uh, the Broadway play Cats because they kind of used cat names that that reminded me of the names in this book so and and this book was written in 85 so it could have been inspired by cats in that way computer deactivate holosuite